Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, welcome back to another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of Freaking Our Week in Review on W-A-Y-O-L-P, Freaking Rochester, also on Apple Freaking Podcast, Freaking Spotify, and Freaking SoundCloud, if anybody freaking wants to know. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, my name is Taylor the freaking Mossman Lofton, and with me as always to my freaking left is Doug the Slug freaking Jordan, and then bringing up the rear, we have freaking Tadia freaking Richards, all via satellite freaking New York, the great satellite in the sky. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, and the freaking panel, start your freaking engines. This is our weekend freaking review. <laughs> weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, it has been one week since we last spoke. And I see a man on a stage. In front of a wily, rowdy audience, he swaggers and prances in front of them, and their anticipation grows great. For this is no normal audience. And very much like the audience that gathered in front of the gallows in the days of old, so too they gather, as if to see a hanging. But on this very day no man will be hung, for they have come to see the greatest comedian in the history of the world name a Gilbert Gottfried and this stage is a stage in the clouds amongst the heavens and he nimbly prances and dances and he even does a card trick for Weakers and Tweakers pretty cool and Jesus Louise down on my knees he has these people in stitches and the people themselves don't even realize that they are, of course, dead and that they should be grieving in the great heaven above. They should be mourning and grieving, and yet they forget all their woesome worries and their worrisome woes, and they laugh joyously, abundantly at this man, a Gilbert Godfrey in the heavens, entertaining them endlessly oh no the spotlight is getting hot weakers and tweakers red hot glowing red hot just then a fire in the corner bursts out good lord satan he's standing in the corner watching the show playing with himself and jeez louise down on my knees the audience members realize no they are in hell and still gilbert godfrey is killing And then a great break in this fiery, ghastly figure. And the light from above comes and selects Gilbert Godfrey to heaven. I make mention of this Weakers and Tweakers because he was my favorite comedian of all time. And now he has gone the way of the dodo. Pants around his ankles, rope around his neck, into that cold, dark night, Doug Jordan, where we all go one day. 
And that is all I have to say about Gilbert Godfrey. God bless the man. Do you want us to chime in or or what do you want? Do you want me, can I say a few words about yeah, please, Gilbert? Please, please. Uh, I was a big fan of his. Uh, it's sad to see him go. Loved him as the Aflac duck until he freaking screwed that up. Uh, I liked him as the as the parrot from Aladdin. Also very, uh, very funny. I basically liked him in any role where he was a bird. I think that that really suited him. And uh, yeah. he, he was actually very funny as well. So, you know, it is, it is pretty sad. Seemed yeah. like a nice guy. Yeah. He was also the uh, the the daycare guy in uh, Look Who's Talking too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And geez, yeah. Louise, down on my knees, that was a role made for him. Though I hadn't seen it. And now I have to go back and watch it. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees, he was a brilliant man. And I don't want to bog the show down with tales of woe and want and soliloquies about men maybe being in heaven. Turns out they're burning in hell only to be sucked up back to heaven but leave all those that enjoyed him so much being tortured by the devil, Satan himself, in the fiery depths of the great below. So... I think I need to talk about this before we get into this. So freaking Sandy, the Sandman Farkas is not here. Gone. He is gravely ill and Doug can talk more about this, but he has relinquished. How do you relinquished his zinc? He is not doing the show. What am I trying yes, to say, Doug he, Jordan? He's he's relinquished his role on the show. And that is because his COVID has got so bad, he is bound to bed, and he has now been intubated and respirated. He is attached to a respirator. Well, it's not really... He, he kind of made the respirator himself. It's not like the doctor came by and said you need to be attached to a respirator. Dag, you freaking talking about? He basically took a couple two-liter bottles and some old freaking dribble tubing and made a little mask and some rubber bands and put it over his face and, and kind of just said, Doug, Doug, leave me alone. He just made the respirator up himself, but he's not doing good. Wait a minute. See, the thing is, if I had been allowed to come visit... Doug Jordan, I would have, I would have noticed this, and I would have said, Sandy, we need to get a real respirator over here. At least an inhaler. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, you can't come over here, though, because we're quarantined. He's in the garage now. I'm in the freaking attic. So, this is the news that Doug has failed to share. Doug has COVID as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I meant to say that. Mine's not as bad as his, though, My, you know, because I was vaccinated. Wait, but if you were vaccinated, you wouldn't have COVID. doesn't make sense. No, you can still get it when you're vaccinated and just doesn't affect you as much. The freaking heck are you talking about? I mean, you can still get, you can still contract the virus when you, it's vaccinated. It's like a flu shot. You know, you, you can still get the flu after getting a flu shot. It just doesn't, when you get the flu, it's not as bad. Why have I been taking all these herpes shots then? If I can still get it, Doug Jordan. Do they have herpes shots? I don't think well, that's real. 
Jimmy, the freaking busboy, has been giving me something. He said it was herpes shots. Been injecting him into my rear freaking end. He said it got to go in the hole. So, it stings. I don't, I don't think you should be taking shots from busboys. Yeah, definitely not from Jimmy. I don't, I don't really trust him. Well, geez, Louise, down in my knees, nor do I now that I know that they are ineffective. So, Doug Jordan, describe some of your symptoms for Uyghurs and Tweegers out there so that they might brace themselves for the coming pandemic as we are really just getting started with this thing. Well, you know, it's kind of like what the second year going on the third year of this. So it's not really getting started. My symptoms are just I just kind of feel like I have a cold. I got a bad cold. Like a cough and... So I'm sneezing a lot. I'm congested. I am reminded of a man. And Tady Richard can back me up on this. A man, a great man. Though I don't remember his name, a Broadway star. And got COVID in the early days. And he perished. He went the way of the dodo, the way so many of us do, God bless him. And geez, Louise, down on my knees, I remember the disease, the virus took his legs first. And he was in a coma, and then he woke, and he had no legs, and then they took his arms, and eventually just kept falling apart, kind of like a diseased shellfish that you're keeping in a cage, like a, maybe a crab, a hermit crab of some sorts, that's just losing body parts as its circulation slowly dies because it's too cold for it. Yeah, I think you're talking about Nick Cordero, and yeah, I, I do believe that he lost all his limbs, and at one point he was just kind of, they they put him in a in a tank, and he was just kind of floating there, limbless in a tank, hooked up to tubes so he could breathe, Doug. Yeah, and if they couldn't, if a tank couldn't save him, Doug Jordan, nothing can. I just think, I thought you were going to describe some of those symptoms. Why do you guys know about this Broadway guy? so much do you are you big theater fans or something i think we covered it on the show doug nick cordero was a big deal yeah god okay, bless his well. soul bless his soul doug he is dead well geez louise down on my knees i guess i don't want to get bogged down with the vast number of disease you carry at any given point tadia freaking richer how you doing how you been how are you god bless you and how was your week uh very freaking Let's just get that out of the way and thank you for the blessing also and very freaking um and my week was uh, tumultuous I think at best uh, I was freaking grounded by my father because uh, you know the, the man wanted me to freaking start paying rent I didn't have a job so I do what any normal person does when they don't have a job and need money they start doing freaking shows on the internet yeah. and my dad yeah. walked in on me doing a freaking internet show and said you're not going to be doing this in the house and he freaking grounded me for two weeks now the thing is you are a great showman everyone knows that thank you now, if your father walked in, if you had maybe just continued on with the show a little longer, he might have seen the third act where the big show happens, where everything comes to a conclusion, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I did keep going. I did not stop when my father walked in. I said, I told him to get out of my room and and I kept freaking going on with the show, but he, he took my laptop, threw it out the window, and so now I'm... No, I don't know what to do. Well, 
And we're just glad to have you back. I feel like if he wants you to start paying rent, he can't ground you. Well, if I can't, I mean, how am I supposed to make money if I can't play with myself in front of a freaking webcam? Yeah. Do you still have a computer at your disposal? I have a cell phone, and that's how I'm doing the freaking show right now. But other than that, I got nothing. I mean, that's it. So maybe I could just start doing it off my phone. But And maybe that'll afford me. I can go places if, you know, if I ever get ungrounded. Yeah. Production value has come at quite a cost. Yeah. I mean, can he really ground you anymore? I feel like you're you're an adult. You know, if he's going to ground you, you could just leave. Right. I, I, you know what, Doug? I invite you to come over and say that to my father's face. I mean, I well, I can't right now because I, I, I got a quarantine, but, you know. Yeah, that's a good idea, Doug Jordan. Jeez Louise, down to my knees. I just want to talk about my week a little bit here, if you guys don't mind. Now, I have been reeling in the wake of Sandy's unhospitalization and his... Uh, intubation, his respiration, his inhalation, and geez, Louise, down on my knees. I am nervous as the Dickens, but I am busy as a dog, and I have not been able to visit with him. As I said, Doug has not let me come sit with him nor Sandy, and I am all over the place. My mind is awash now. I have been keeping very freaking busy in one way, specifically running freaking Ortego Grill. I have been obviously just taking Doug's pace, been taking over his responsibilities, and I have been doing my best to make sure that, geez Louise, down on my knees, nothing gets confused, messed up. Orders are being placed, food is being taken in and inventoried, and any food that I don't think is quite old, maybe getting too old, try to eat some of it, maybe try to throw some of it away, bring in the new stuff. I don't like the look of the new stuff. Order some more new stuff because I always, I mean, it's always good to have some friends. Wait, wait, wait. You're not supposed to be ordering anything. Nobody put you in charge of the Ortego Grill while I was gone. Well, Doug. Ezekiel is in charge as, as acting kitchen manager until I get back. Well, Doug Jordan, I mean, how come I was not made aware of this? I think I told you several times that you are not in charge, that Ezekiel is, is in charge, and to pay attention to what he said. I'm not asking you to do any ordering. All I'm asking you to do is to do your, the job, which is doing the dishes. You put freaking big Zeke on this one, and I'm stuck in a dish pit, and I still can't sit with you a while, or Sandy? Well, you definitely can't sit with me or Sandy because I can't. You can't get COVID because I can't have another person out freaking sick. Short-staffed as it is. Yeah. Well, this is a blow. Yeah. No. Yeah, it blows. I have been working so diligently on the ordering and purchasing, and I created a whole new freaking menu. Based on yep. some of the new things I tried to order, and I'm bring we're bringing freaking dinosaur freaking nuggets back. Doug Jordan, when was the last time you got dino nuggets at a restaurant? I uh, I couldn't tell you, but I don't think we need dinosaur. We don't need dinosaur nuggets. We already have regular chicken nuggets. I and we have all those chicken gizzards. Go, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna chime in that I. 
I'm 100% in agreement that you should be selling dinosaur chicken nuggets. Honestly, I, I might could stop by and grab some after the, the show. Yeah, we should. It's absolutely freaking hilarious. Although, of course, after the show, I need to get back to the disc pit because nobody's manning the disc pit as we speak, and I only have booked an hour and a half to do the freaking show and to freaking get back to work. So without further freaking ado, our week's guide is up freaking next. When you find yourself stricken from the stressors and strife, and you decide you can no longer go on with your life, you pick up some paper and pull out your pen, but you struggle with knowing where to begin. You rush to your text and violently look for words of wisdoms in the pages of book. Suddenly you're transported through the spirals of time, and you try to take in all that appears in your mind. You see the birth of the sun and the triangles of Giza, the great Roman Empire with its Tower of Pizza. You see a great many things that leave you lost in thought, that by the end you can't remember what it was you forgot. But when you get to the books filled full of numerals, your mind diverts back to planning your funeral. So for those who find it that their thoughts may be dense, we offer this guide to the Fibonacci sequence. So, geez louise, down on my knees. For Uyghurs and Tweakers who don't know how Mr. Fibonacci is, he was a very smart man back in the 12th, in 1200 and he is very much Italian and he came up with a bunch of big numbers what Doug Jordan please I wasn't going to say anything okay about Fibonacci yeah I don't know anything about I'm I'm curious to learn more about Fibonacci and his and his sequence well what we're going to be doing is using some of the expertise of the panel in a round table panel dreamscape analysis of the Fibonacci sequence so that we can enlighten listeners onto this concept that they may find in a book to be confusing. But by the end of this, they should have it all making sense. Actually, we should have it all making sense. But Jesus Louise down on my knees without further ado. Fibonacci, also known as Leonard Bonazzi, Leonard of Pisa, or Leonardo Bigallo Pisano, was an Italian mathematician from the Republic of Pisa. Fibonacci was considered, quote, the most talented Western mathematician of the Middle Ages. Doug? Well, I, the first thing that I I'm, that comes to mind is why did he have so many names? I thought his name, if his name was Fibonacci, why did he also go by Leonard, Leonardo Bonacci, Leonardo of Pisa, or Leonardo Bijolo Pisano? Yeah, that's a good question. And also, his name was like Fibonacci, Fibonacci, or something, which meant son of Fibonacci. I'm also curious about the Western mathematician, if, you know, because the Western, you know, that's in the United States, so that's not in the Middle Ages. So I don't know why they're calling him the Western, uh, the most talented Western math- mathematician. Well, I think it just means Western Europe. Yeah. Instead yeah, of Asia. A Western movie is, you know, Dirty Harry or John Wayne. That's a good point. That's a good point. Tadia? I, I, I guess, yeah. I, I mean, but 
I, well, now I'm confused. Fibonacci popularized the Indo-Arabic numeral system in the Western world, primarily through his composition in 1202 of Liberabasi, a.k.a. Book of Calculation. He also introduced Europe to the sequence of Fibonacci numbers, which he used as an example in Book of Calculation. Jeez Louise. Let's go back to Book of Calculation. Has anyone actually read this book? Because I flipped through well, it, and it looked I've like read a bunch of... the Da Vinci of, Code. Oh, go ahead. They should make a book called The Fibonacci Code. That's a good point, yeah. Doug Jordan. Yeah. I think they referenced the Fibonacci sequence in, in the Da Vinci Code. Now, who would play the great Fibonacci? Tom Hanks. What would his clothing look like? Yeah, some sort of a robe. Maybe those... Maybe uh, some khaki pants. Those stockings, I think. Those long stockings, bo- pantaloons with yeah. the bushy legs that come out, and he'd have one of those kind of rolled-up hats where it looks like a rolled-up hat, you know? And his hair would yeah. be curly, and he'd have a mustache or something. A beard? I think he'd have a pretty uh, bushy beard. Yeah, he'd probably have a kind of a gross beard. And yeah. he'd be wearing one of those fluffy shirts that are like the arms puff out so far. You almost look like a Jonah Hill arm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'd have the sand. He'd have sandals. Yeah. yeah. And maybe those, some of those leaves behind his ears. Fibonacci was born in 1170 to Guglielmo, an Italian merchant and customs official. Fibonacci traveled to the Mediterranean coast with his father and learned different systems of arithmetic from merchants. He soon realized the many advantages of the Hindu-Arabic system, which, unlike the Roman numerals used at the time, allowed easy calculations using a place-value system. That means zero, Doug Jordan. In 1202, he completed the Liber... Abasi, a.k.a. Book of Calculation, which popularized Hindu-Arabic numerals in Europe. Liber Abasi posed and solved a problem involving the growth of the population of rabbits based on idealized assumptions. The solution, generation by generation, was sequence of numbers later known as the Fibonacci numbers. Although Fibonacci's Liber Abasi contains the earliest known description of the sequence outside of India, the sequence has been described by Indian mathematicians as early as the 6th century. So, very interesting. Tell me what it means, Doug Jordan. Tady Richard, please. Well, I think what... what what happened was the Romans were using Roman numerals, which as we all know, are just a bunch of letters, not actually numbers, um, which is a friggin' huge problem when you're doing math because you're not supposed to do math with friggin' letters. Um, so what he did was start using actual friggin' numbers in math, which was a great friggin' idea. I can't believe nobody else thought of it. And they used this to start committing genocides of the friggin' local rabbit population. Uh, and, we, you know, instead of saying we need to kill IVVI number of rabbits, he said, well, let's just kill 700 rabbits. And that was that. Yeah. It's absolutely what, freaking uh, hilarious. What, Doug Jordan, please? Oh, go ahead. Just quick question about, because there, there is letters in math sometimes. Like algebra. You know, solve for X. 
solve for Y. Yeah, but if you had passed algebra, Doug, you know that those those letters always turn into freaking numbers eventually. Yeah, they just that's represent an unknown, Doug Jordan. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees. In the Fibonacci sequence, each number is the sum of the previous two numbers. Fibonacci omitted the zero and first one included t- today and began the sequence with one, two, three. He carried the calculation up to the 13th place, the value 233. Though another manuscript carries it to the next place, the value 377. Fibonacci did not speak about the golden ratio as the limit of the ratio of consecutive numbers in this sequence. So, the next part we're going to get into, and this is very important, Doug Jordan, Tady Risher, is how to use this Fibonacci method to your advantage. And it comes in handy a lot. Ever since I read about this earlier today, I've been using it everywhere. Tying my shoes, taking out the trash, putting the trash back in the garbage bin because it wasn't ready, wasn't too full, wasn't full enough, didn't stink. So, geez, Louise, down in my knees. Now, I'll explain this. The key Fibonacci ratio of 61.8% is found by dividing one number in the series by the number that follows it. For example, 21 divided by 34 equals 0.6176. And 55 divided by 89 equals about 0.61798. The 38.2% ratio is discovered by dividing a number in the series by the number located in two spots to the right. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees. Now that you know that, you have no problem using this ratio. What they're basically saying, so Doug Jordan, the Fibonacci sequence would say 1, 2, 1 plus 2 equals 3. 2 plus 3 yep. equals 5. 3 plus 5 equals 8. 8 plus 5 equals 13. Well, what do you do when you get to two numbers? Well, then you just keep going. It just it makes a whole sequence and it makes a it makes like a kind of an eye. If you've seen the shape, and it's very symbolic. And it the golden ratio shows up in nature everywhere. When you see a flower, five, seven, no, five, uh, eight. Are you, are you, what is, are you thinking about flowers and then counting them, them right now? Or is that why you're just blurting out numbers or I'm just confused. What's going on? Well, I just want to know how you would put this into best practice. I don't really, I, okay. If you see a, a tree, I guess the tree, if you see it in nature, the trunk is usually a two and the leaves are maybe a five or a seven. Good point. I never thought of it that way. I'm not sure what you mean, but also seven is not one of the numbers. I don't think. Yeah, it said three seven seven. No. One two three, then two three three, then three seven seven. Tady, can you so help three- me with this, please? No, I'll be honest. I I can't follow any of this. I lost from the first freaking sentence, and we did, like I just know that the man's name is Fibonacci. I don't know what the what the ratio is. I don't know how this helped him kill rabbits. I just 
I'm very, very, very freaking confused. And if I can't figure it out, I'm I'm a little concerned that Mayo Tards can't. Yeah, geez Louise, I I hope I'm not confusing anyone out there. That is not that is the opposite. That is a absolute opposite of my intention. For Uyghurs and Tweegers, Mayo Tards especially, and Cheese Louise down on my knees, all of the freaking whale listeners, even if you don't freaking like the show and you can go to freaking hell, even Dawson, I don't want to confuse one of these listeners. And Dawson, I know you're listening. Evan Dawson, WXXI, very closely resembles in making and mannerisms Hitler himself, Adolf. Now, geez Louise, down to my knees, if this is confusing for anyone out there, I apologize. And we will abandon it now, go to our week's news and discussions. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, we got a great freaking show for you full of freaking our week's news and discussions. If you want to call in, join the conversation, call 513-914-6201. Tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong. You might get put on blast, but you also might get a prize or two. Without further freaking ado, our week's news and discussions starts freaking now. Last week, Molly Shannon made headlines after revealing a shocking story about an evening she had with Gary Coleman, according to Variety. During an interview with the shock jock Howard Stern, Shannon recalled her experience being sexually harassed by comedian and different stroke star Gary Coleman. The former SNL alum explained that she was invited to meet the diminutive star in his penthouse suite by Coleman's manager. Quote, I think he was like, sit down on the bed. It was very sweet. And then he's like tickling me a little bit. This and that. According to Shannon, Coleman became more aggressive. Quote, he was relentless, Shannon said. Then he was like trying to kiss me and get on top of me. And I was like, no, Gary, stop. So I pushed him off and then I would get off the bed and then he would bounce on the bed, jump, 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 and wrap himself around me, and then I would fling him off, and then he got on top of me, and I guess because of his size, I didn't feel physically threatened, but it was going on and on, repeating. I would throw him off, and he would get back on, and then finally I throw him off, and I was really getting out of breath because it was athletic and aerobic. He grabbed onto my leg, and I was like trying to kick him off, and then I go lock myself in the bathroom, and then he sticks his hands under the door and he's like, I can see you. According to Shannon, she then sprinted out of the bathroom and escaped Coleman's wrath. Um, I think we need to be upfront that the, what happened to Molly Shannon was horrible and terrible and no one should have to go through that. But I think we can all agree as a nation, as a show, but that's absolutely freaking hilarious. Yeah, it is absolutely freaking hilarious because, and it's not because of the situation she was put in. What is hilarious no. is that due to the disability that Coleman had been born with, some call it a gift. I call it a gift, but he was minutive, a small man. And he never aged, so it would be like, and then he's acting all childlike and sticking his tiny little sausage fingers underneath the door and whispering, I can see you. It is everything I wanted this story to be, and thank you, Molly Shannon. God bless you for sharing. Now, for Uyghurs and Tweakers out there, this, of course, is one of many stories in Molly Shannon's new books. We can't tell you to go buy it, but of course, if you like this story and feel a bit guilty for liking a story about sexual harassment, please go buy the book. Doug Jordan, 
your take. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, obviously it's terrible that she went through that, but pretty freaking funny that Gary Coleman was acting like a freaking a, a little baby, I guess the whole time. Yeah. Kind of a maniac that, baby. Yeah. That's like something a baby would do would stick his hand under the, the door. In fact, that's something my son used to do. I'd try to get away. I'd just go to the bathroom, sit in the bathroom for 20 minutes. He'd chase me around the freaking house. And then eventually he'd poke his hands under the door and he'd say, I, I can still see you. So. And I'd say, get out of here, you know, hmm. but I'd probably ground him or something. I don't know. You shouldn't ground your kid. He was watching you poop. Well, yeah, I wanted a privacy, and he was watching me. He was, he was bothering me while I was in the bathroom. I'm a little bit concerned that he was sticking his nose under that door, his eyes and his nose, and he was sniffing the smell that comes from his father's rear end into that freaking toilet. Now, Doug Jordan, I think that is a case for therapy at the least, and maybe shock therapy at the most. I don't know. Somewhere in for between. For him or for me? For him. The boy, he, I mean, I love the boy. Out fine. Well, I don't know about that. You didn't see when him and Sandy were smoking weed behind the freaking shed. I mean, I, I, mean, I smoked weed as a kid. You know, I don't think that makes him bad or anything. Yeah, but he, you're also not sticking your freaking nose and fingers under the bathroom door trying to smell your father's foot, your poop. Yeah, I think he was. I don't think he was trying to smell my poop. I think he was just trying to 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 see to 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 tell me that he could still see me and he wanted to still hang out with me. Mm. Okay. Last week, former cabinet minister apologized after citing an incorrect death toll in the Grenfell Tower fire, according to the BBC. While giving evidence during the inquiry into the disaster, Lord Pickles spoke of the, quote, nameless 96 people who were killed. According to records, 72 people perished in the 2017 West London fire, all of whom had been named. Quote, in my final remarks, I misspoke and referenced the 96 people that died in and immediately after Hillsborough. I apologize to the family and friends of the 70 people who died at Grenfell for this unintended mistake, which was unscripted. The dead are remembered not as a statistic, but with dignity by their families, survivors, and all of us. Lord Pickles said. The Grenfeld United Campaign Group, which represents many bereaved survivors and residents, said at the time Lord Pickles, quote, disrespect had left members speechless. In his second day giving evidence, Lord Pickles appeared to suggest the inquiry's senior counsel should speed up as he had meetings planned for the afternoon. Pickles later apologized for being discourteous, and he said he had decided to cancel his meetings because, quote, this is more important than anything I'm doing. So, geez louise, down on my knees. Lord Pickles added again. Making a mockery of the courts, 72 that died, 92 that died, 96, 72 is part of the Fibonacci sequence, by the way. Now, what should... Lord Pickles have done, and what should he be made to do as a reparation, as atonement for this great sin of misnumeration? Well, I think I think the first thing he should do is probably change his name from Lord Pickles to 
I don't know anything anything that would make him be taken more seriously. What are you talking about? I can't take I, half the time you're saying you're reading this story. You're just talking, bringing up freaking Lord Pickles. And I can't think about anything else other than this guy's. I can't believe this guy's name is freaking Lord Pickles. That's his name. Doug Durden. Yeah. What's wrong with that? And not to mention his, he didn't be became Lord. Initially he was Eric Pickles. And now he is Lord Pickles because he is at least the former cabinet minister. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. This is a serious man, Doug Jordan, who made a serious error about two different serious numbers of seriously dead people. And if you had studied earlier the Fibonacci sequence, this confusion right now that we're having, that's sort of derailing the show, putting us back about 15 minutes now at this point, would not be happening. I mean, I've just... That's my take on it. I think Lord Pickles is kind of a freaking silly name. Well, it is, but geez Louise down on my knees. This man has a high cabinet position in the great ministry. England is Britain. I don't know what you call it. Britain, I guess. England. Yeah, I, on any other day deserves the utmost respect from not only his peers, but also from freaking you, Doug Jordan. He is a Lord of the freaking cabinet. Um, Unfortunately, he misused the Fibonacci sequence and got this number wrong, and we should probably have him, I don't know, tarred and feathered. Yeah. You guys are just fine with that his name is Lord Pickles. I mean, it's absolutely freaking hilarious. Yeah, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Last week, Lucky Charms cereal came under fire after hundreds of complaints of nausea, diarrhea, and vomiting resulted in an FDA investigation, according to CBS News. Quote, the FDA takes seriously any reports of possible adulteration of a food that may also cause illness or injury, an agency spokesperson said in a statement. General Mills Incorporated, the the Minneapolis-based company that makes Lucky Charms, Cheerios, and other cereals, said it's aware of those reports and takes them seriously. But the company said its own investigation has not found any evidence of consumer illness linked to Lucky Charms. General Mills urged consumers to share their complaints directly with the company. So, we have an issue here. A grave, grave issue. And this is, is it one issue or is it several issues, right? Because nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, it can be one thing or it can be caused from three different things. And are these the people that are just eating the cereal or are these the people that are picking the marshmallows out and only eating those? Because if you're going to just pick all the marshmallows out, I mean, God bless you, but you're hurting for some serious pain at the end of that. Because those marshmallows digest difficultly. With great difficulty, Doug Jordan, please. I feel like I'm on an island here. I'm the only one that ever had too many marshmallows. They make uh, yeah, me I don't sick think to I've my stomach, Doug Jordan. I know. I've never had a problem eating too many cereal marshmallows. I mean, they're kind of a different breed than regular marshmallows. I think they're just dehydrated. I wonder how big they are before they freaking shrink them down. Yeah, that's a good that's a good freaking question. I, I don't know the answer to it. How many marshmallows did you eat? Uh, well, remember when they came out with that only marshmallows, limited time, Lucky Charms cereal? 
Yes. Well, I had about five or six boxes of those in a sitting. And I felt like the insides were bubbling. And just foam was sort of like a sort of white rainbow pinkish foam was coming from my mouth and then later my rear freaking end and some discharge from my dangly johnson now was it delicious yes did it taste bad coming up yes did it taste worse going back out my rear freaking end yes it was painful it was hot it stunk what do you mean what do you mean it tastes bad going out your rear end you know how sometimes you can feel your bowel movement and you can almost taste it like in the back of your teeth yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't think I know what that's like. You're out of your mind, Doug Jordan. You never done that? No, I don't. I, I, the only time that I, the only thing I can kind of recall is if is if it's spicy or not. What I ate was spicy. <laughs> well, try eating all the marshmallows out of Lucky Charms. It's way more than the recommended FDA dose of dehydrated marshmallows. The FDA toast? What did I say? I don't know what you mean. You said the FDA toast of marshmallows. Oh, FDA dose of marshmallows. Last week, a Utah woman who has been accused of crashing her vehicle into two cyclists then driving away claimed that her irritable bowel syndrome caused the accident, according to the National Desk. Witnesses report indicate that the 47-year-old Julie Ann Budge swerved into a bike lane and hit two cyclists who were competing in a race. The cyclists, who were brothers, were later pronounced dead at St. George Regional Hospital. According to an arrest report, Budge told police that her IBS had been causing her, quote, to defecate on herself without warning and further stated that moments prior to the accident, she, quote, began to uncontrollably defecate on herself while driving, so she swerved, hitting the cyclist. Budge failed all field sobriety tests following the accident and was arrested on suspicion of two counts of automobile homicide due to criminal negligence. Both second-degree felonies, two counts of failure to remain at an accident involving death, both third-degree felonies, Two counts of DWI with serious bodily injury by negligent operation, both third-degree felonies. She is also facing a Class B misdemeanor charge of reckless driving and in an infraction for proper lane travel. Did anybody notice what I was freaking pointing out in that story? The numbers. All twos and threes, Doug Jordan. And she took a two all over her freaking self. Took a two, and that's why she hit him. I told you, this is bigger than we ever thought. The Fibonacci sequence goes deep into the bowels of the human. What what prompted you to be so interested in the Fibonacci sequence? I was watching. I feel a, like you've taken up a lot of show time off on on this. I, I was watching a I was watching a YouTube documentary video. About math. Oh. Because I was trying to do some spread seats at home, and I was having great difficulty with it. So. Why why are you trying to do spreadsheets at home? It was for the radio show. I was just trying to get the, organize the tapes. Givney Morgan is very busy doing other things. 
So how can the Fibonacci sequence help you organize the tapes? I don't know. I haven't figured that part out yet. It's only, honestly, at this point, made them more confused and more disorganized. As I look around, I do not know how this mess will rectify itself, not to mention the fact that, geez, Louise, down on my knees, freaking Mr. Sarduzzi, is his inspection is coming around the freaking corner, and my place is basically destroyed. And the whole freaking room is just filled with freaking tapes and waste that I haven't been able to throw out because I'm not quite full. doesn't meet the golden ratio. I do not know how this, hopefully this number, this pattern that the Fibonacci sequence makes just gets worse before it gets better. And I am about to write that curve, Doug Jordan, where my value will begin to rise when I hit that golden ratio of disorganization. Things will suddenly start becoming in place. I can only hope. I must trust the sequence. How are you still getting physical tapes? Who is, isn't everything in the freaking cloud at this point? Yeah, I record them off the radio, though. Mm. Onto yeah. a cassette. So I got all the tapes. I'm only bringing this up because I just watched the episode, but there's an episode of Frasier, hilarious freaking show, uh, where it's it's Frasier's 2,000th episode. And he goes into his room, and one of his tapes is freaking missing. Daphne accidentally, his housekeeper, takes care of her dad, his dad bumped into it and broke the freaking tape and Frazier's freaking out because he can't find his tape what was the number of the tape I don't, I don't remember the number it was it could be it could belong in the in the sequence eventually he had he learned to let go and to not have to, uh, the tapes of all of his shows because for weakers and tweakers that never watch Frazier of course he is a radio therapist and everybody's watched Frasier. Well, well, that obviously is not true, Doug Jordan. Otherwise, yeah, Kelsey Grammer would still have a career. I haven't watched Frasier. They had nine seasons. Last I heard of Kelsey Grammer, he was at Tops doing a book signing. Doug Jordan. The first brewery. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Last week, Morsel Giant Eminem released a new, all-new Eminem Munchie Munch. Damn Last week, Morsel Last week, Morsel Giant Eminem released the all-new Eminem Munchums in milk chocolate and salted caramel flavor varieties, according to Best Products. The all-new Eminem Munchums have a crunchy baked-out shell that's coated in milk chocolate and a crispy center. These sweet treat morsels come in milk chocolate and salted caramel and are light tan color and don different colored M's. The limited time edition candies are gluten-free, made with natural flavors, and have 40% less sugar than M&M's milk chocolate candies. Each bag contains about 70 chocolate blob morsels and weighs 4.94 ounces. Doug Jordan? Yes. Take it to the sports desk. Okay. I can actually talk about this one because I, I, uh, I bought a bag of the milk chocolate variety recently and I've tested them. Um, so anyways, this is Doug Jordan. Welcome to the sports desk. So here's my 
so I got them, and it's basically just like a little cookie on the outside, and instead of being a candy-coated shell, and on the inside, it's kind of just like a milk chocolate center, kind of like in the inside of a regular M&M without the candy coating. And uh, I'm gonna say this: I don't, I did not, I don't like them. Now I have a bag sitting around my house, and I don't freaking like them. They, they outside. It's like you're biting into a stale piece of styrofoam on the outside flavorless tasteless actually it's kind of the taste of of the wafer you would get at like church you know when you go get when you eat the body of christ when you take when you accept him into your life the at the church you're talking about you know the little cookies that you get when you drink the the body and eat the wine what when you're supposed to go up and you stick your tongue out and the priest puts the freaking cookie on your tongue. That is not a cookie, then, Jordan. That is not a cookie that he put on your tongue. Did you have your it eyes wasn't. closed oh so tight? Doug Jordan. No, my eyes were open. It's like a wafer. It's like yeah, a, some unfortunately, sort of a wafer. Unfortunately, Doug, this is something that's been happening all throughout Catholicism, and I'm so freaking sorry to hear it. Um, but that wasn't a freaking cookie. Yeah. It's a, okay, well, whatever it is, it's the for these M M&M and M munchums, it's kind of like the outside of that. So these these S- taste like a dangly freaking Johnson, soft and smoothy, and, and maybe no, it's like hard the- and rigid. I don't know. Doug Jordan, help me understand what this M M&M and M tastes like. This it it's just a cookie. It's just a bad cookie. Didn't say anything about a cookie. It's got a munchum, munchcum. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it, it it's a munchum. It's an M M&M. and M. I just don't understand why they made these. No, they're limited. They're, it's a limited thing. They're just trying to get people excited about M and M's again. Doug Jordan, can you blame them? I mean, who doesn't like M and M's? Why do you got to excite people about M and M's in the first place? Every time I see a new flavor of M and M's, I always buy them. Crispy, fudge brownie. Salted caramel, caramel, pretzel, mint, chocolate, peanut butter, just regular old peanut, regular milk chocolate. They have dark chocolate ones now, too. They even have, yeah, I'm pretty sure they have white chocolate ones, too. Those are all great. Let me ask you a question, Doug Jordan. If you had to put one of them in your rear for you, oh, which cookie. one would you? Sorry, go ahead. They have cookie flavored ones now too. Cookie dough flavor or cookie flavor? The cookie, the cookie is on the inside. It's the regular shell inside and your then rear a cookie, end. Crispy and then milk chocolate as well. No, not inside my rear end. In the freaking M M&M. and M. Hmm. And then they made these, which are are the opposite, and they're freaking terrible. Hmm. Well, so I think Taylor brings up a good point, though. Which one would you put in your rear freaking end? Um, not none of them. Obviously, none of them. If you had to, if you absolutely had to. Let's say you went up to communion at your special little church, and the priest asked you into the back of the booth, and he said, "Close your eyes, pull down your trousers." There's no booth in communion. I know which one I'd put in my rear end. I'm just saying. What? I just want to hear you. Well, I want to yeah. hear yours. I want to hear I'd yours first. Thank you. 
Caramel. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd put peanut butter. See, it makes the most sense to me. Putting the peanut butter in there. Yeah. This is a good sports test, Doug. Yeah, you did a good job, Doug. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers. This has been another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of freaking our weekend review. We love you so very freaking much. We're so freaking hot and for you. Stay safe out there and we'll see you freaking next week. So why why do you need math to take out your garbage? Why don't you just take out the garbage when it's ready? There's a golden ratio, and I haven't quite gotten to the point where I understand what that means. But inside of these numbers, hidden in these numbers, deep in the recesses of these magical numbers, if you divide three, divide it by the next number, I don't know how it works. It You get to 67%. Something like that. And that's it's basically the golden ratio. If you look at an ear of corn. I thought it was 68.2%. No, it says in the copy. Why don't you just read the copy if you're so freaking... It in- said 68.2. Well, geez Louise, Doug Jordan, find that in the copy and tell me. Okay, the key of the Fibonacci ratio is 61.8%. And then there's a 38.2 ratio. That doesn't make sense. Which is the opposite of the 61.8. So you've been basing your whole life around a math ratio that you've been getting wrong. Well, what is the golden ratio? That's my problem. I need the golden ratio. I think they're the same thing. Six one eight zero three three nine eight eight seven five. I just don't get what's happening here. And it is a unique mathematical relationship. This golden ratio. Two numbers in the great chasm of the universe floating out there. They're already there, Doug Jordan. They haven't materialized yet, but they're there. I think. I think I get what you're saying. If Just take out your trash. Not yet. Production of Our Week Studios. W A Y O L P Rochester.